0: Hey everyone, welcome to episode 249 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. And we are all back together. It was technology trying to fight us every step of the way, but we made it and we're here. And as we start to wind down these last four messages that we've been discussing with Andy over this last four weeks, that he's going to be preaching, and I was really thinking this was going to be one of those really feel-good messages. Fix your eyes on Jesus. And you're like, oh, that's nice. Fix your eyes on Jesus. <laughs> who, who doesn't want to do that? You know, who, who doesn't want to just concentrate and try to live their life and emulate and and just, you know, just fix your eyes. Good times and bad. Fix your eyes on Jesus. <laughs> And then Andy is talking about things like uh, – let's see. Where do we go here? Oh, I'm going I'm to back up. I, I did this in, in a reverse order because so I want to start with something that I felt it immediately, perfectionist. And in hmm. psychology, perfectionism is a personality trait characterized by a person's striving for flawlessness – And setting excessively high performance standards. Accompanied by, like that wasn't enough, that's accompanied by overly critical self-evaluations and concerns regarding others' evaluations. To a perfectionist, anything that's less than perfect is unacceptable. So raise your hand. If you just listen to that <laughs> statement in your mind, hearing that in the voice of that little voice that continually tells you that you aren't good enough or that that didn't turn out the way it should or you probably should have let somebody else handle that because you just botched it. So for, for those of us who identify as perfectionists, whether we like it or not, that's a tough two sentences to listen to while looking in the mirror. And then add to that Andy's proclamation that we like to imagine we can give our attention to two things at once. And then the mirror gets even steamier, and we fume a bit that he dared try to discredit my abilities as a true multitasker because any perfectionist is a multitasker <laughs> and then he, and, and then he drives the stake all the way in by claiming that life is a series of competing calls for our attention, because in so many ways, our attention is all we really have to give. Come on, Andy) <laughs> you're, you're, I, you're killing me here because it, it's equally humbling, though, in that reality, that our attention and the time it takes to give it is all that we really have to give. Yeah, <gasps> that's
1: all your—that's all your child wants—is your attention.
0: <sighs> and that's right, <laughs> and that's—and that's, and that's yeah. so true. And it's all—it's all God wants too.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: But I got so much and to do, Andy. Don't you understand?
1: Uh, it's okay to give some competing things some of your attention.
0: <laughs> oh man, this is, sounds so trivial. And again, who doesn't want this to focus on Jesus? but how can be how can focusing on something additional, even though it's Jesus? I mean that that's a good thing, right? But how can that really help us defeat this attention deficit and this idea that we can do multiple things exceptionally well all at the same time? Isn't this just adding one more thing to the list? Or am I just feeling well, attacked? <laughs> I
1: think you're I think you're just feeling attacked.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're taking this way yeah. too personally, Randy. Probably. Uh, probably. <laughs> well, but it, it actually you know, the, it sh- actually it should, you know, I me mean, obviously it should be taken personally, even if you're not a perfectionist, you know, because it's not just perfectionists that deal with this issue. Um, right, right, we all get dist- we all get distracted by those things that we sometimes pay attention to and not even pay attention to. We we literally want to figure out ways in which we're involved in it. So, mm. you know, we 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 attend to it because of our attention, and that's and that's part of the
1: issue. Well, I, well, I started to open the message with talking about what's your first line of defense. Where do you, where do you, where do you go in moments of crisis? Right. Right, Yeah. And, 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 and really that's what that is saying is what do you attend to? What's your, where does your attention go? Um, What's going to grab your attention when you're at a point where you're need, no, you know, you need something beyond you. And uh, again, it's it's about fixing our eyes on Jesus. It's just two different ways of coming at the same thing.
0: Yeah, It's so hard though, when you're in the moment, because it seems like even though, I've read my Bible for the day. I've been in prayer. I've, you know, I'm generally having a good day. And all of these things that compete for our time, it almost seems like we've compartmentalized things enough where, well, I already gave God his time. I gave Jesus time this morning. Mm -hmm. And so now that's supposed to be enough to guide my decisions. That's supposed to be enough to keep me in the Spirit's, and the, the giving and the serving mood or whatever, however you want to say that, that that's supposed to have taken care of that. So now well, I have to rely on what I've, you know, what I asked for, and that's all going to come to fruition, right?
1: Well, that's that's why I, I sort of gave the two ways for us to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus is, is committing his, um, his words, his teachings to memory. Hmm, you're so right, yeah. that we can fix, fix our eyes on him by thinking about what he said, uh, very easily, instantaneously. If we've got it memorized, it's available to us anytime, anywhere. And, and then the second thing I think we're a lot of Christians we don't we just don't think about um, the looking at every person we meet and seeing in them Jesus. So we we think but we've got to fix our eyes on some ethereal. Um, spiritual being called Jesus as opposed to uh, whoever we're engaged with. It's another fellow human. Yeah. Jesus said clearly that when we deal with them, we're dealing with him.
0: It does that make it, it easier, doesn't it? it does, no, it doesn't make it easier, but it does make it real. I just wish there was a way or – because when every time – and we've talked about this a lot here on the podcast, but every time – God puts you or you asked to be put in some situation, have someone that needs my help, something that I can do. And then when you see that come to fruition and you know for sure that it was God, I mean, is there a better way? Is there a better day in your life than those days when those things happen and you just know in your heart that God led you to this conversation? God led you to this place. God led you to help in some way. Whatever it is, And those are the best of times, at least to me. And then I think, well, why isn't that triggering the realization that all the time that when we're interacting with our spouse, our kids, people we work with, people that we work for, people that we just see in general, every one of those is that same instance, maybe not to the same degree or magnitude of helping someone financially or helping someone fix something or whatever, but just our, our very being there. Those are those situations all day long, every day. So how can we don't feel yeah. like those are more impactful than they are? Because that's seemingly what we're talking about is that if we're focused that way, it, like every day should feel like we are making an impact. And a lot of times it just doesn't, unless well, no, there's something and, big.
1: And in Jesus, um, Jesus' story about the shepherd, separating the sheep from the goats and the ones who had you know, given him food and drink and lodging right. and clothes and visiting in prison and all those things, um, they weren't aware that they had been doing it right so yeah. so, the, so so seeking to feel like um, to to get something from it while we're doing it we, we may not even be aware we're doing it if if that's happening well right so it, it is a weird thing
2: and I think that's the the beauty of that of that folk when you said look at you know look at off in a distance. You can still see your finger in the foreground, but you just you're not focused on it. Yeah, and I think that's mm-hmm. that's a, a good analogy. That a lot of times, if we're looking at Christ, you're right. We aren't going to see the normal reactions. And, and and Randy, when you say, you know, it's, it feels like we're not really accomplishing anything, but in a sense, we're, we're doing exactly what we should be doing is if we're focused, then all of a sudden, these, these things in the foreground, I I mean, I think it kind of resembles the idea when Christ is on the cross and here's these two thieves, it's a great metaphor. Yeah. Here's one looking at Jesus and the other one's looking, they're both looking at Jesus, but only one is focusing on Jesus. Yeah. In terms of, of, in terms of what he actually is seeing. And so Jesus says, you know, you're going you're gonna you don't have to worry, you know. Yes, you're gonna your physical body is gonna die in maybe a few hours and well and hopefully hopefully a few hours and you <laughs> yeah, know, right. but, um but you focus on the right piece, you focus on what and I think that's the whole point is we aren't gonna know a lot of times that's true. The the impact of what is going on in our daily life. And it doesn't seem sometimes even fruitful or or even magnificent in, in any way, but focusing on Christ does bring us
0: to the place where He wants us to be. Well, I, I like that because that if you think about it that way, both of those had a different perspective seeing I mean, physically seeing the same thing, but mentally and spiritually yeah. totally seeing something different. And if that's the focus, even if it doesn't seem like the, even to the thief who would be saved that, you know, the outcome, I'm not sure what he understood in that moment, but I think it was relief, at least to some degree that he knew who who he knew who Jesus was and had faith. And just thinking about those two and how they were feeling in the moment, even if that's all it is is to have the faith and the hope, then that's what we have to go with it because, like you said, it's not always feeling like it's that big something that's carrying us through. And, and I, I liked what you said, Andy, about in Hebrews 11, the great Bible characters, You know, maybe we could call them the great hall of faith, but also that these were flawed people, flawed people who ran a good race in spite of the flaws. And that gave me hope because you said progress <laughs> is, the, is the best we can hope for in this life, not a rival. Every one of the heroes of the faith applauded in Hebrews 11 were very flawed and simultaneously faithful. But then as I think about that, it's like, well, yeah, but if, is that all there is? I, I want to be – I mean I want to be a little bit better at it than that. But I'm not going to well, be, am I? I'm just not well, – yeah. I have to live well, with
1: that. You got You. Oh, if, if you'll just take a big breath and relax, you've got perfection. I don't know what more you want, okay? Because <laughs> G- G- Colossians says he takes his father and the father, he represented the father, and the father sees us as if we had no faults at all. Yeah. And so if, that's, if we have perfection in Jesus Christ, we, can, we need to relax a little bit about trying to do it better. The, the one who's done it perfectly is sufficient. And now we get his perfection as a gift. Mm. And uh, instead of trying to always one up the one who did it perfectly, um, you know, take take the gift and run.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, All right. So let's say I I like the sounds of that. I'm a buy in now. So let um, uh, let's let's go with this progress idea of yours. I I like that. But then the first thing that comes to my mind is and you're going to hate me for this. <laughs> what is progress then, and and how do I measure it? If I if I'm just going to take these little steps, or is that what it is? Is it little steps? Is it is it big steps disguised as little steps? I mean, what am I looking for? I think,
1: I think you're looking for a- applying Christ's teaching to your life and serving the people you bump into.
0: Mm. Service. I like. Uh, but I do. I
2: do. Go ahead, I do Jeff. think you have to be careful. Because what you're saying is, is how do I find progress? But I think what you're actually saying is, how can I measure how good I'm doing?
1: Yeah. Um, you don't need to.
2: Yeah, and that's the whole point of where where we keep our eyes. And so maybe you're not thinking that way.
0: No, I mean to a, a, t- to a degree, I am because you know. I mean, I know it, it's it's that it's that it's you, want, that's, you it's,
1: want a little bit of credit for making some progress. <laughs>
0: <though>. <laughs> and, and honestly, I I don't feel that way, but I'm sure it is. I'm sure it's not for. I know my heart well enough to know that it's not all because I just want to go out and serve people. Uh, because it's not. I'm just, I mean, I'm a sinful person, and I know that's that's not truthful in 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 and of itself. But I find, for me, there is, and it's you know maybe it was the way I was raised, and my dad's a perfectionist. I'm a perfectionist, and I my wife and I were having this discussion beforehand, and some days you feel like just like nothing you touch. I mean, we've she had all these honey do lists. When my parents come, my dad's very mechanical. He can see things in his mind. If he takes if he takes it apart, he can put it back together no matter how many pieces, how small they are, how difficult. He will he will stay there until it's done and it'll be fine. Uh so far we've worked on a stove, a range, uh which no longer works. Um, we worked on, uh, couldn't get the garden hose off. So we, we had to cut it off. And of course now that doesn't work cause it leaks. And, um, what else did I break something else? And I said, you know, anything else you want broken this weekend that I can help fix for you and then you won't be able to use it later. You know, you get into those times where it just feels like everything that you do and not, not cause I want to have it be padded on my back, but that, you feel like you just want to do things the right way for Jesus, and you're you're focused on him and you think you're doing things the right way, and they don't turn out. Of course, we don't have all the answers. We don't know what these will turn into eventually. But yeah, I you know I some kind of a gauge, and maybe I just don't get that, or I'm not supposed to have one. Is that true? <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I, uh, you know, I, I do. I, you know, it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty hard thing for all of us because we do tend to. Uh, that's just the we, nature we, we of who we compete. are. we
1: yeah. compete and we measure. We compete and we measure. We compete We're and we measure
0: constantly, constantly wanting the grade. But my intention, my intention is to do it right. Is that that's not wrong? Well, that's, a, that's okay. We're right. And then, but then when it doesn't feel, you're
1: not going to, you're not going to follow through.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. So you go back to Peter and, and, and if you realize the motivation for him getting out in the water came pretty clear that he wasn't following Jesus. He was just, you know, in a sense, he was in a sense, envious of what Jesus was doing and wanted to figure out how to do it himself. And as soon as he turned around, he realized i mean it's a great analogy of of how we mess up all the time yeah. because we don't keep our eyes on christ and, and and jesus probably thought this is a perfect illustration you know <laughs> this is this is a great opportunity yeah. to share with the disciples and and I, I know it is
0: it is you're right and i know i know i mean i screw up enough stuff every day that i just wish it had been better and even the small things i don't i tend not to sweat the small things like i used to but it's still in the forefront of just, my intention is I build up in my mind. I go, okay, if I do this, it's going to take me about this long. This is how I'm going to accomplish it. And at the end, I think it should kind of turn out like this. And then, you know, when it doesn't, you know, my kind of go-to is let's analyze, you know, what could I have done better? So next time we, we build off that, we learn from our mistakes and we, we apply that and move forward. And, Sometimes it just seems like a hamster wheel, like I'm not really making any progress that I guess that's more or less why it's <laughs> like you know is is there a better way to approach this because that seems logical to me to just go, well, it didn't work exactly like I wanted to, and I can be frustrated or not, and I'm, I try not to let it get to me, but you know there's always that you could have done a little better good, and I think there's some some positive to that. We all you know I, I don't want to do things just willy nilly, I want to do a good job.
2: Well, the motivation is probably the key
0: piece to that. Yeah, that's probably true. You're probably right. All right. We could do this all night. I get it. So give me what each of you give me one practical way that. Uh, Andy, you mentioned, you know, runners and trying to shed the weight. That's why, you know, you just run in the lightest pair of shoes you can find your shorts and a, you know, light t shirt and, a, you know, just to try to keep your perseverance. Give me one thing or one practical way that you shed something that held you back, even if it was a good thing, because it doesn't have to be a bad thing. It's just what we give our time to that helped you focus your eyes on Jesus. So can you give me an example? One thing.
1: Hmm, um, probably it probably have to do with um, it might it might just be entertainment okay it's just you know just saying okay instead of watching the shows bunch of shows I'm you know let myself watch you know a movie a week or something that just opens up some time frame um, the or it, I think I think relationships can be another one um okay you know I, I've never I've never been addicted to um, Facebook, but, you know, to step away, step away from your Facebook scroll. Um, <laughs>
0: that's, that's usually a good uh, thing. We can probably all agree on you know, that.
1: Not, not, and not and not for, I mean, none of these things are evil things. Not for, not. what i say don't ever have any entertainment. Don't ever do Facebook. But if, if you have something in your life that you know is taking an inordinate amount of your attention, maybe to the detriment of things that deserve even a little bit of your attention. And certainly to the detriment of fixing your eyes on Jesus, they're yeah. good things to, to re- reduce, reduce, not necessarily eliminate.
0: I like that. I like that,
2: Jeff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting. I think, I, I think I'm a lot like the two of you, and probably 99 percent of the <laughs> world's population. <laughs> In that, whenever I whenever I get to a place where I've got free time. I figure out something that I have to do, in other words, as soon as the demands oh man <laughs> of oh, yep. the demands of life are you know, like say for instance, as soon as i I get home and or works no longer in my per you know in my my view, I think of, well, okay, what do I need to get done here so I, I'll even go outside. And I'll I'll think of you know oh my lawn needs this and or my house needs that or you know there's constantly something so you know what it is I think there's always going to be something to fill my time and so I literally have to give up and it again it takes away from what I think I need to do or have done or should do or yeah whatever and so I, I maybe. This sounds weird, but maybe just looking up or seeing something that does not need my attention. Mm. Um, and maybe just giving up those those little pieces and finding free time to do something that would be different than what I want to fill it with. That, uh, and I know that's,
0: that's uh, yeah, that's really tough. Quiet time for me is the worst. Like just to sit yeah. there and, and you know, I, you hear people, oh, I love my quiet time. I listen and I, I do this and I do that. And I'm like, I am so bored out of my mind. I got to have something to do. So that's probably, yeah. yeah, probably something that I could, that's a good one. I need to work on that too. All right. Now, normally this would be where we wrapped up the episode, but before we even get to our whole life takeaway this week, I want to I want to get to just two questions that were asked live. Well, one of them was asked live online during this past week's new first service at Whole Life Church called the Loop. The Loop is a live interactive service that is focused on engaging our online viewers and bringing them into worship and conversation to forge a more meaningful and lasting experience than just viewing church online. We can all do that, but it's more fun when we're actually engaged. Even if we can't be there for whatever reason, in person, it's just so much better when we're actually trying to engage in conversation. So, each week we we utilize a chat feature that allows feedback and Q and A with the host and the person presenting the message, which of course was Andy last week. So, here are two questions that made the chat and. One, I just – I don't remember what your answer was, Andy, and it was from Denise Butler. She said, Andy, but we are told to be perfect just as our Father in heaven is perfect. How does this align with your sermon that we all fall short?
1: I think it's very simple. Um, it, in that text where it talks about being perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect, it's talking about, it's talking about, it's about loving. It's talking about being loving, and it's not saying to be perfect. Perfect in all of your ways it's saying to, if you love, then your 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 its love is perfected in you as as in the Father, and so uh, we're we're perfect in the sense that we're participating in loving people. Uh, not it's not perfect as in I didn't make any mistakes today. <laughs> oh, um, that's a good clarification. Uh, t- <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. It's perfect as in I am also a lover like my Father in Heaven.
0: Oh yep. yeah. I like that. All right. I think we got to that one, but you know, Denise is always engaged with whatever's happening at church. And if you know her and and her smile, you can't help but be engaged when she gets involved. And so, Denise, if you're on your walk this morning, good morning. All right. The second one was from Tim Cook, and he is also a member. And I think, I think he was actually at. He was at church as well. Yeah, he was there. He mm-hmm. was there, yep. and we didn't get a chance to get to those because we only have a you know a short amount of time that we can do everything. And we asked. Uh, uh, there was a ton of questions that Stanley, who is our host, actually got to ask Andy. So, but this one was the lat we we didn't get to it. He asked, "Where does the service oriented Hindu fit? Who visits prisoners, feeds the hungry, et etc.? Are they fixed on Jesus?" Yep. Surprise you did
1: not, Randy. You know, know, in a sense.
0: Well, Tim, you have your answer. You have your answer. Yeah,
2: thank you. That's good, and I I agree with Andy. And I I don't, I I don't know if that's that much different than the first question, because it really is. It has to do with the idea of I created you as a being to pay attention to those around you and to love those around you. Yeah, that's be, that's being perfect. In other words, that's what you were intended to be. And I think that that's that's what God's all he's asking us is to be, you know, to be a lover of others as he is. So I, yeah. I don't know if that's that much different from the first question actually.
0: Yeah, you're probably
1: right. I think it I think it, it, it is is an accurate answer. I mean, 1 John 4 says that whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. So whether you whether you are a, a follower of Jesus who understands the great wonderful gift of His coming and loving us enough to to set the record straight and solve the sin problem uh, for the universe, or don't know that, if you the Scripture says if you if you love, you've been born of God and know God. Yeah. So i may not i may not line up with all the theological aspects of christianity um i may not even i may i may have had experiences that caused me to reject even some of that theological stance but if i if i love people it, the bible says <laughs> if i love people i'm born of god and know god yeah yeah and yeah. and so that's i think you know, we don't go around loving people so we can say okay so see i'm born of god but the reality is, is if we love people, that's that's the reality. That's right, love yeah. comes from the one who loved us. We we don't make up love. It's not something we can muster up or you know grit our teeth and say I'm going to love. We love because he first loved us. And if we love people, we're born of God and we know God. No matter where we are in the world or what culture or belief system we might believe,
0: yeah. No, that's
1: so. There you have it.
0: That was a. Those were both great questions, and the the message was, they were. and the, all the questions that got asked, and you can find that in our archives online as well if you want to go back and watch that. But I would encourage you to join us each week on The Loop if if you are remote or you're still not comfortable being in-person worshiping, because the dialogue that happened in service this past week was really refreshing, not only for those that were online, but for those that were in attendance. They were able to join in and be with us as well. Even though the host is talking to the camera primarily, it still all felt like we were part of the same group worshiping together. That happens every Sabbath morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And to participate and just be blessed by attending either way that you can. If it's online, it's whole slash live at and it'll be just before nine thirty. Everything goes live. Give you a chance to get in. Cause when you arrive, we're gonna ask you or hope that you will log into the chat roll that's right underneath the live stream and join the conversation like Denise and Tim and Tammy and Stanton. Tons of people were asking questions during the message. And then afterwards it's a nice QA and if you know, we can, we can have that conversation. And then whatever questions we don't have time to do, we're going to catch them here on the podcast each week. And that way, if your question didn't get answered, go ahead and tune in here and we'll definitely get an answer out there for you. So again, wholelife.church slash live every Saturday morning at 930. We'd love you to be a part of the loop. And if you enjoy it, please invite a friend. It's pretty easy to invite them to something online or like here to the podcast. And that way we can all worship together. So this week, one of our whole life takeaways asked, in what ways does aiming for perfection rather than progress hamper your Christian pilgrimage? And I think we've beat this to death already. So I'm not even going to go there. I just know that for me, it immediately sets off the little warning light. Like this message is going to be something you're supposed to listen to, but you're really not going to want to because you really don't really (laughs) want to do that anyway. But at the end of the day, I think today we've, we've taken some some steps and given some advice that just common sense that can help us maybe steer the right direction, not just look for progress so much than hitting the bullseye with every single thing. But if you have a question, a comment, something we said, didn't say, you can always catch us by using our voicemail or text line at 407-965-1607 or email podcast at church. And our final thoughts are from closing to Andy's message. He said, we aren't saved by memorizing his words or serving people, but they are tools to enable us to run with perseverance the race before us. So please remember to fix your eyes on Jesus. That's the uh, that's number one of four things that Andy (laughs) things to remember. So we've got three more to go, which speaking of which this week, he's going to challenge us to trust the gospel. Is that Correct.
1: Yep. Things to remember, trust the gospel. Hmm.
0: Now that one sounds easy. I'm looking forward to next week. And we're just, uh, you know, how how could this be a challenge?
1: That's right.
0: There you go. Right. Just just tell yourself that, Randy. You've, you've got six more days before you have to come up with something to answer to questions. You have to figure out answers to, to figure out how we're going to get through this. But so anyway, that is going to do it for this week. Uh, As always, it's uh, speaking of grace on Tuesday evenings. If you've missed the message, go ahead and that will be the actual regular message. That will not be the loop. But today, if you swipe up in the show notes, there will be a link that I mentioned here that will take you to the loop and to make sure that you have the right time and information. And we would love to see you there next week. Say hello in the chat. Let us know that you heard and we'll uh, welcome you to the podcast next week, next Wednesday morning. In fact, it'll be episode 250. Goodness. It's a quarter century of episodes, guys. That's, uh, (laughs) That's kind of amazing. That's kind of amazing. So anyway, thanks for listening, everyone, and have a great week.